Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. UK, UK Tech Weekly Podcast. UK Tech Podcast. UK Tech Podcast, UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, an infotainment cardigan knitted by the Tricketers editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. I am David Price, Deputy Editor of Macworld UK, and today I am delighted to, delighted, delighted <laughs> to be joined in talk by... Has, these are good. Has someone been farting? It's Chris Martin, <laughs> consumer tech editor on PC Visor. I salute you. Nice. What a rich smell. It's Cameron Mitchell, editorial intern on Macworld. Please don't say that ever again. It's good, though. It's a double-syllable yeah, rhyme. I appreciate that. And finally, give it a rest, son. It's Dominic Preston, staff writer <laughs> on PC Visor on Macworld. I'm glad I wasn't part of the general fart theme. Of that. <laughs> well, I thought... Thanks. Well, you're sort of saying give it a rest from the farting, maybe. I don't know. Okay, yeah. This week we are talking phones, politics, and nude bodysuits. Uh oh, <laughs> spaghetti! Chris Martin is looking tired and emotional, and for once it's not because of the drink. What did you. <laughs> what, no, no, that's good. what did you get up to last night, Chris, and why should our listeners care? Um, well, Samsung has finally launched the uh, Galaxy S8 and the Galaxy S8 Plus. So these are, you know, the new flagship phones from Samsung that everyone's been waiting for because uh, we didn't get them at MWC in Barcelona. Um, Were they expected at MWC? That is normally what they do. So they normally announce them on the Sunday night at uh, MWC before the show starts on Monday. And this year we just got a lot of tablets, uh, which is which is fine. Was but, that because of your hangover? <laughs> that's a good joke yes i'm having some great jokes so far mm-hmm. um so well, yeah so so it comes out do they have um, a regular schedule like like apple do it every september they have a new mm, iphone it's, are they as regular it's as varied that? a little bit but the last few years have all been mwc sunday night launches for like at least the last two or three um but they've waited a little bit longer this time we're not really sure why but um and they're giving themselves their own event. Yeah. Part, so they're, they're getting all the press. Yeah. Partly that makes sense because obviously at MWC, everyone, all their rivals are launching phones um, like the LG G6 and the Huawei P10. So, you know, you've got to fight for people's attention. Not that they would struggle, but um, yeah, um, whether it's just that or whether it's something else, we don't know. But they're here anyway. And they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. That is, that's the verdict. Um, Pretty much. I think, 
You and is it true that you and Dominic have both had your hands on the yep. new phones? Yeah. So Dom went to the actual launch event yesterday. Yeah. Um, as we record, um, I I was still back here at the office writing up all the coverage. Um, so Dom and Henry went down there. So what was it like, Dom? Um, it was a bit of a strange event because they had a sort of simultaneous New York and London events, yeah. and New York was obviously the main one. And so London was this sort of weird mix where sometimes we were just watching a live stream from the New York event, and then at other times someone would come on stage in London to talk to us. So it was weird, sort of darting back and forth between <laughs> someone actually being there and us just sitting there and watching a screen. It's, and it was, well, it's better than we normally get, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes it's just, just an American event. Screen. Um, and there was, you know, some fun awkward touches, like, uh, you know, MC that. coming on at the beginning, asking all of the awkward London journos to go do a big wave and hello to the New York crowd. Oh. Um, and then DJ Co, who's head of Samsung in New York, uh, sort of when he welcomed the London crowd, saying he wished he could have a pint of London pride after the show. Wow, yeah. shout out to Fullers. I know, right? They did all right. <laughs> yeah. And this is a bit odd to me, because Samsung, obviously, are not an American or a British company. They no. are South Korean. Korean yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Why would they have the launch in uh, the US and Europe and North Asia? They've often done a three-way uh, launch <laughs> <Steady>. <laughs> in in New York, London, and some somewhere in, in the in yeah somewhere in I'm, the I'm east. Dredging up my geographical. But this was just the two, which is a bit strange. Mm. I know it's hard to make all those three launches at reasonable hours of the day across yeah, the world. That's but, basically impossible, isn't it? But it does happen. Um, quite a lot of this um, event uh, was, is it fair to say, known about in advance? There were, yeah. there, there were yeah. leaks doing the round. Like, most phones get leaked in pretty good detail, but this was... Exhaustive. This was, yeah, it's like... <laughs> we knew absolutely everything. Even a few weeks ago, the amount of leaks covered pretty much everything. Yeah. So it was like... I mean, it got to yeah. the point in the days running up to the launch where people were leaking just pictures of the cases because yeah. they'd leaked literally every fact they could about the phone, photos yeah. of the phone yeah. from every angle. Think- so the only news left was, here are some of the cases you might yeah. be able to buy <laughs> The only thing that was a little bit off was the leaked prices, Yeah, I think. Not that we didn't get any leaked UK prices, but going by the other prices, we thought they were going to be a bit higher than they are. So, so the- did they, what did they get? Did the leaks get the US for example, prices wrong. I'm not. Sure. Just... I haven't actually seen those prices, but based on those ones, yeah, it's not as much. So the S8 is six eight nine, and the S8 Plus is seven seven nine. Let me just have a look. So this is so it's actually more expensive than the equivalent. I mean, I know they're bigger than the iPhones, but the yeah. iPhone seven I've got here starts at five nine nine, and the iPhone seven Plus starts at seven one nine. So it, yeah. Actually, so it is a, 90, it's, 60 to 90 quid more expensive than equivalent iPhone. Yeah. Um, but that's last year's model. And yeah, we, that's a six-month model, yeah. You know, we're in a kind of new era of um, post-Brexit referendum price hikes, so yeah. it kind of all makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, well, those iPhone prices do include the price hike, but... They yeah, do, they, they are, do indeed. But they are very expensive already. It's difficult because the, the, the Galaxy flagship comes halfway between iPhones mm. so it's, it's an odd one yeah it's kind of you have to compare it to the current iPhone for a while and then the next one but yeah they you know it doesn't completely I was, I was seeing... work both ways Sorry, yeah what, what feature excites you most um I mean the screen is the biggest new thing basically yeah. because there are like I can understand that some people are a little bit 
uh, disappointed that some things about the phone are the same as the S7. So the battery is still 3000 milliamp hour, the camera is still the same. Um, but I'm not too fussed about those things. I mean, in terms of actual battery um, life, you would hope that even with the same capacity, it would achieve a better battery life. It should do the... because we've got new, more efficient processors. So, yeah. I mean, obviously we haven't tested that battery life, but we will soon. Um, Although with the larger screen, that will presumably be a drain. Yeah, potentially. But, yeah, so still... Um, well, should we talk about the screens in a bit more... Detail. How how big are we talking about? So the normal model is now 5.8 inches, which is a huge jump from 5.1. But the phone itself isn't much bigger at all. So I had I took my S7 to the pre-brief and held them next to each other. That um, and the S8 is basically just a little bit taller, and we're we're only talking like maybe nine or ten mil taller. But it's basically the same width, same thickness. um, I think roughly the same weight as well. That's incredible. Um, because so they, there's basically just the, no bezels. It's yeah, just like it's pretty much, pretty much. There's a really thin bit at the top and a really thin bit at the bottom, and like the LG G6, the corners of the screen are rounded, which is just really nice. I don't know why that hasn't been a thing for ages. <laughs> yeah, you, you, um, no one really thought of it, and then you see it. No. And you're like, oh wow, that makes sense. It yeah. looks really good because the it kind of matches the 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 curve of the metal frame. And just looks really nice. I see. So the actual the the actual corners the of the space, display. Yeah. I was thinking a minute it would curved over the edges, but no. So it's but like it does that too. It does, it does that as well. But yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, so actually, and again to make the comparison with Apple, the iPhone Seven and Seven Plus are four point seven and five point five inches. So we are. It's not even yeah. a comparison, is it? That's no hugely bigger. Yeah. Is it comfortable to use? I mean, you said that the body yeah. is um, comparable in size to the previous model, but Covering all that screen space with your thumb, can you can you reach um, well enough? Do you think? I I found it fine for the normal model. Obviously, the the bigger one, so the the plus model is six point two. That's basically a like no, normally once we get to six or over, we just you know find phones generally in the office too big. Mm. But again, because of the no bezels, it still doesn't feel that big. Mm. Um, it's not and, wide in the hand as you, because it goes right to the edges. Yeah. It, you're not sort yeah. of stretching your hand out just to hold it comfortably. And they, they've done various things to make it easier to use with one hand. So the camera app has loads of gestures so you can you can zoom and switch between the cameras and um, stuff like that with one hand. There's a new multi-window feature called Snap Window, which means you can snap like a letterbox portion of any app, or maybe not any app, but certain apps to the top of the screen and then carry on using the bottom half mm. like normal, so like multitasking, um, stuff like that. Tell um, me about uh, Bixby. Bixby. Mm. Um, so one last thing on the screen is just, oh, that, on, yeah. is just that both models now have the edge display, so you don't need to get the bigger one um, for that. Okay. Um, Bixby is Samsung's um, virtual assistant type deal, um, so kind of rival to Siri or Google Assistant. Uh, comes preloaded on the phone, even has its own dedicated button on the side so you can launch it uh, whenever you is, need to. So, so is that is that locked to, locked to Big, uh, Bixby? As you, far you couldn't customise yeah, that for As minute. far as we know, it will only launch Bixby. That is, that is quite a step, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Um, to, I mean, the, the number of hardware buttons we're seeing on phones <laughs> now is going down and down and down to have one devoted to a single feature that people might not like yeah. Yeah. Mm. seems ambitious. 
I may be wrong. You may be able to customize it, but I don't know at yeah. this at this moment in time. Um, so, is it is it significantly different to Google Assistant? Mm, not massively. Um, um, so it answers your questions uh, and it tries to predict what you yeah, want to do. And that's the, the whole point from Samsung's perspective is that you can talk to it and you don't need to know what you can and can't say, and it will know context. So mm. depending on which app you're in, it will. You know, it'll take all those things into account and be able to help you better. Yeah, so you could um, say, you could say, find me photos of Chris, and then yeah. send those to Chris, and it'll know yeah. that the those means the last question. Yeah, and if you like if you've selected a few, like you could open the gallery app with the with your voice, you can select a few photos and say, make these photos an album, and yeah. it'll know that you mean the ones that you've selected and stuff yeah. like that. Um, you know, they showed off a few different things with it, but nothing nothing particularly mind blowing. And a lot of it you can already do with rivals such as Google. This this does raise a problem potentially that Samsung has, um, which is because it's an Android-based manufacturer, um, it's always going to be behind Google, if, if you see what I mean. Because yeah. um, you know, well, Apple makes its own operating system that has its own issues, of course. Um, but Google makes, with a Pixel phone, it makes its own operating system. Samsung is always going to be a little bit of a step behind because it has to make its handsets match an operating system that somebody else makes. And so when you have things like Bixby, Bixby is always a step behind as well because it can't include Google Assistant. Um, it, is that something that Samsung can solve? It, it should... I mean, should they make their own operating system almost? I guess that's impossible at this point. Mm, they've dabbled in their own operating system with Tizen, um, which they've mostly used for wearables. Um, I think they did launch a Tizen phone mm. a while ago. Like We're talking maybe two, three years ago. But it's just not something people are interested in. There's not enough space even for you know Windows phone yeah, <clears> you saw with Windows phone in the market. Yeah, they don't want to so, change it from what they have. I mean, so and the other annoying thing about Bixby for anyone in the UK is that it only launches with uh, Korean language uh, to begin with. Then US English is coming in May, and then we don't even know when UK language is coming. So you can't actually use the voice uh, part of Bixby. So you'll just have to make do with the home panel, which is a bit like Google Now, just gives you tons of information that you think that it thinks is useful. Um, and you can also use Bixby Vision, which is basically pointing the camera at different things like landmarks or products and getting so augmented reality. Getting kind of, yeah. yeah. I saw that feature; it looked quite interesting. It's interesting, but again, it's nothing that new. Yeah. Um, so, and and the phone does come with Google Assistant. So, what you, you're going to get everybody <laughs> buying, you know, everyone getting their S8 or S8 Plus is going to be like, okay, I can't really use Bixby. Yeah. I'll get acquainted with Google Assistant, get used to that, and yeah, then by the time the UK language launches, no one's going to care. So, the, yeah, there's such a um, inertia to these things that once you get used to yeah. it, you don't want to show. I it. wouldn't be surprised if the Galaxy S9 doesn't come with Bixby. Why are they calling it Bixby anyway? It's a stupid name. It? It's an know. awful name. Mm. I'd feel so embarrassed standing anywhere <laughs> asking for Bixby to do something. I mean, it's bad enough with Siri, but Bixby—you just can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> no. is, is there like um, uh, an open sesame type phrase? You have to say "Hey, hey, Bixby" or "Hello, Bixby" or something. I don't know actually. I think the idea is that you push the button, so I'll save them. you from yeah. that. Yeah, maybe, maybe they know it's such. Maybe that's why the button's there. there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so these yeah. phones are going to launch when? So they're on pre-order now, um, and you can pre-order up until the 19th of April. And the reason there's a limit is because if you pre-order, you get the phone eight days early. 
So you'll get it right. if you Clever. pre-order on the 19th, you'll get it the following day on the 20th because the then proper release date on sale date is the 28th of April. So you can't order, you can't pre-order between the 19th and the 28th? No. There's like a, a window. <laughs> Lovely. That's a bit confusing. Um, there were other products uh, unveiled yes. at the event. Um, we haven't got much time left, but I, can you I can just run through them very quickly. Yeah, do um, So there's... Namely, a new Gear 360 uh, camera, um, which is a little bit downgraded, we we discovered once we got the spec sheet. So um, it does full resolution 4K, so like ever so slightly higher um, in terms of pixel count, but it only does that in 24 frames per second, not 30. Um, and the actual Ooh, what do they think this the is? Actual sen- <laughs> the actual sensors in the camera are a little bit lower than last time. But it is um, smaller and lighter, and yeah, it looks like okay. maybe they're planning... If they position it as cheaper, it will make yeah. sense. If it's cheaper, then it makes sense. If it's not, we're a bit confused. People don't like um, marketing things as cheaper at the moment, do they? We had no. that thing with OnePlus. They don't want to be known as the budget phone people. Yeah. But then this, I mean, if you look at the... I think that might be what they're doing, because you look at the design, like this is now looks more white and plasticky than the last Gear 360, which... Yeah looked more so now it's yeah metallic very briefly it's like a full it's like a solid design now and the other one was basically a ball that you uh screwed a tripod to but but, um with the legs closed it just kind of that's where you held it and i quite liked that like just holding it with the legs closed and then using the tripod when you needed it to but now it's just a fixed thing and it looks a bit strange um so the other the other main thing um there's a Samsung Connect home hub thing that kind of connects all your internet of things together, um, which is fine. And the the, mo- the most interesting thing for me is the Dex, D-E-X, uh, little dock, which you plug the Galaxy S8 into and it gives you a full desktop experience on a monitor and you can even use it with a wireless keyboard and mouse, That's just like you would with a Windows thing. So it's kind of like Windows Continuum, but on Android and... It's quite appealing. That does sound appealing. I wish we had more time to talk about it. Um, we had better to, uh, stop there. We'll go around the room um, with a question. Um, Cameron, we always ask a question at the end of each section. Sure. Uh, in this case, we will say, S, great, or S, that all? Um, <laughs> uh, Cameron, <clears throat> what do you think? Ooh. Uh, for me, it's too early to sell. I mean, no, that's one of the rules of the questions. Oh, is you have, you to, have you to have pick to, one. You have to pick one, and they are always ridiculous. Based on what you know, it's great. Well, you really love it, do you? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, Dominic, what do you think? Yeah, definitely, that's great. Chris, that's great. Fantastic. Um, after a short break, we're going to talk about encryption. Cameron, uh, welcome to the pod. First Thank pod you. for you. Enjoying it so far? Yeah, no, it's really good fun, actually. Uh, uh, glad to have you. Um, a lot of politicians have been complaining about encrypted messaging this week. Sure. What's up with that? Well, um, oh, sorry. Really it's sorry. okay, it's okay. Um, yeah, our brilliant Home Secretary, Amber Rudd. Um, Is has... she a brilliant Home Secretary? Debatable. <laughs> For another podcast, perhaps. Um, yes, with the... Uh, with the events that happened last week in Westminster, obviously awful events, yep. uh, with the terrorist attack, she went on the Andrew Marr show on Sunday and she went into detail about how services such as WhatsApp um, use end-to-end encryption 
to keep information essentially from the police and the government. Oh, well, and anyone. And anyone, yeah. exactly. Um, cannot be intercepted. Exactly. So she's saying how these companies are now aiding terrorists. Okay. And why do, do be... terrorists get help from these companies? What, what? Well, uh, do terrorists use WhatsApp or other messaging services? Probably is the answer. Um, yes, they probably do. Will it? Will it stop? Will will you know ending encryption completely prevent terrorists from using these chat channels? Unlikely. Um, yeah. Firstly, just just to go into detail about um, encrypted messaging. So basically, the messages sent on secure channels, and like I said, can't be seen or intercepted by any third party. Um, and although she says that monitoring of these channels would be done legally through the use of warrants and such. Um, People are still saying it's an impossible task. Impo- impossible to intercept them? Or an, in, impossible? an impossible task to completely ban encrypted messaging. We, I mean, this is the thing, is that you could, even if you persuade WhatsApp to not encrypt its messages, there are other options out there, right? Well, yeah, exactly. There, there are hundreds of different applications which use encrypted messaging. So, you know, you've got Viber, Line... Telegram, uh, Kakao, um, iMessage even uses a form of encryption. Yes. Um, yes, else? I mean, we could talk about Apple's attitude to privacy yep. uh, all day. Um, <laughs> and yeah. of course, I mean, famously. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. They refuse to cooperate with the FBI of when course. they're investigating um, the San Bernardino shooting. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which actually is, is useful to know, which was probably the reason why um, they weren't invited to a meeting today. Uh, with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds funny. Snub. Yeah, so... Uh, actually, I should, I should stress, when I said they didn't cooperate, they did absolutely cooperate. They simply didn't cooperate in one specific way, which was to unlock a phone. Of yeah, course, so I, yeah. I should, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer and all. Yes. Um, but yes, Google, Microsoft, Twitter and Facebook, which of course is the parent company of WhatsApp, have all been invited today uh, to uh, 
discuss fears that encrypted messaging is aiding terrorists and whether this meeting will actually, you know, push things forward for the government and, and help to, you know, ban encryption or whatever they're trying to do um, is still yet to be seen. But yes, Apple were not invited to this meeting. That is um, fascinating. Which is, it, I don't know the reason. But is it there are hundreds of millions of people around the world using iMessage um, and, and they're happy to leave Apple out of this. I did, people I did being... find that strange, you know, um, not to take iMessage into consideration, probably arguably the most used after WhatsApp um, yeah. messaging-wise. Um, but yeah, um, do I think it should be banned? No, not at all. Um, I mean, what, are the, what are the benefits of encryption? Well, the benefits of encryption start with privacy, essentially. So yeah. it, it's... For the average user, um, it's going to help, you know, give you peace of mind when sending private information between friends, family, you know, businesses, your bank. You know, mm. banks use it to um, encrypt uh, when sending um, detail or when processing online orders. Sorry, they use encryption. So I honestly, especially nowadays where people's privacy is becoming more and more important with VPNs becoming very popular as well. Well, you say it's becoming more and more important, and I think it's becoming more and more of a hot-button issue. Mm. But the the impression I get from a lot of people who go on our sites and so on is that privacy is something people are more and more willing to give up. Um, is that if you offer people the uh, ability to, you know, download a free product or whatever in return for their for their personal details, for example, then they will happily give those away to an advertiser. Um, I suppose part of that is that in this country and in the US, we don't associate privacy with um, personal safety in the way that it would be in other countries. Yeah. Um, you know that uh, the one of the co-founders of WhatsApp, Jan Koum, is uh, hails from the Ukraine, where, um, to say the least, the ability to keep your personal details and your personal communications uh, from governmental monitoring mm-hmm. is uh, is a more serious matter. Um, no, of course. Because we, you know, we'd assume that Amber Rudd, and uh, um, you know, give her the benefit of the doubt that her intentions are honourable, mm-hmm. but say that um, the next government is not honourable, the next government is evil, and then they decide to start intercepting people's messages mm-hmm. so that they can keep an eye on. Well, this is exactly consent, what I was going to say. Is, is she yeah. bringing up the issue for terrorists for the issue of terrorism, or is she bringing it up to? just get, you know, just to be able to monitor um, these closed channels yeah. for other things that they may want to look into or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that be, you know, for third party, you know, selling, you know, uh, advertising or anything like that, you know. Absolutely. It's used all the time. So um, whether they have an alternative motive is yet to be seen. Um as well as, as, you know, as well as there being these applications, there's also, you know, we go into gaming a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know if you've seen the film Four Lines. Um, I have. I love, I love Four Lines. Film Four Lines. <laughs> yes, well, in there, they use, a, they use a website, which is sort of, I think, themed about Club Penguin, which unfortunately closed down yesterday. I know, very dear to my heart. Um, but they, yes, they use an online game in order to chat. And while it's spoof and while it's a joke, it's completely feasible. Um mm. I know PSN got into uh, the PlayStation Network, sorry, got into a little bit of trouble a couple of years ago with the Charlie Hebdo uh, terrorist attacks. It ended up being uh, 
just a false rumour, but they said that these terrorists had used um, PSN mm. to chat. And while it is encrypted, it's not 100% fully encrypted, these channels. So it gets a little bit more complicated when you go into that route. But essentially what I'm saying is, you know, you close down WhatsApp or not close down, but you... you Force them to change the way they Exactly. Yeah. You do that for WhatsApp. You've got all these other apps and you've got all these other, you know, different ways of communicating that to fully crack down and to fully cover the whole scope of w- the way people communicate and stuff like that, I think it's it's almost impossible. Isn't the suggestion or one suggestion that they should just help out when they are required to? As in, don't just completely change how you run your service and get rid of encryption, but if um, the government or agencies like the FBI require information mm. that could help an investigation then whatsapp should cooperate or companies like whatsapp should cooperate and provide that information sort of unencrypt specific conversations yeah. i believe which they i'm have... really conflicted about because mm. on the one hand it's like you know if that could prevent you know an atrocity then of course they should do it but then on the other hand they're kind of going against their like policies yeah and and people uh, i guess what they're worried about is if they say yeah we will help out when you need it like that they're they're risking customers leaving to another service well i'm not sure i'm not not happy about that i'm not sure it's even that because i don't i don't think whatsapp can because right because it's end-to-end encrypted Mm. which means that even the company themselves they they there's a public key and a private key for each message and they have the public key, and the private key is only available to the person yep. at the other end. Um, so, I mean, this is what um, Apple were claiming with the iPhone, is that they, they, is that they what, couldn't is it, do it. Yeah, yeah it was, well, it's because of the secure enclave, yeah. which came in after the phone that was specifically used, then they no longer can at all do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. The one that they were talking about that they would uh, that they could have broken in if they'd made a custom version of iOS and then forced yep. installed that onto the device. Yeah. But if they'd done that... Then that creates a backdoor that other people can use, and inevitably it gets it gets out. Yep. So the, the general principle is that you make a backdoor to anything, it then becomes generally available. Yeah, and exploited by and exploited totally. Exactly, totally tricky. Yeah, just out of interest, who around the table uses WhatsApp? I use WhatsApp. Yeah, yep. I do, but only recently. Why only recently? I just never found a need for it before, and then my what? friends were like organising a get together mm. and they were like you need to come on whatsapp because that's where we're discussing it that's so, how it always works isn't it it's just a yeah, social yeah. thing that yeah i mean i use it but not specifically because it's encrypted i just use it because yeah. that's what my friends mm. and family used to chat to each other with my original um need for it was um way back in the day when i'd want to speak to people who had an iphone and i i had a blackberry at the time so that was the way of, of chatting. It's the, it's the classic cross-platform message. Well, that's it. And the same thing happened yeah. when I got a, a Samsung as well, moving from iMessage. Uh, it's just that um, sending messages through data instead of using texts and all mm. that sort of thing, uh, which makes it a lot easier. Um, yeah. Well, this is, this is sort of what I mean about privacy not being such a, a high priority for people. I, I think WhatsApp mm. would say that their raison d'etre is uh, extreme privacy. And I think that's why they they made it in the first place yeah. but i think that is true of only a small niche of their of their customer base they've yeah. got so big now that most people are using it because it's cross platform yeah. and all their mates are using it i do wonder i don't know about if anybody has any thoughts on this whether being owned by facebook means they're more or less likely 
to cooperate with this sort of, this sort of political pressure? Mm. I mean, does Facebook have more to lose? Don't know or what is Facebook's position? This whole thing is. Yeah, I think it. There is a whole. You know, it, it steps away from you know, you know, wanting just direct privacy, but it also gives. It's almost the freedom of speech. You know, taking away the freedom of speech because of that fear implement is sort of playing into the hands of the terrorists and. You know, being a um, US company, mm. you know, I, I suspect that they're going to back that, you know, let's not play into the hands of the terrorist card much. So I, I would... It, it takes a lot of courage for a, a particularly an American company, I think, sure. because of the um, atmosphere over there to, of course. To, to publicly come out and say, no, we are not going to do this particular thing that they claim will stop terror. That, yeah. That's a very it's powerful a very to thing to, to say. Yeah, it's, 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 it sounds like they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, but... I still think I don't. I think they're unlikely to to budge on that one. Yeah, and obviously, even if encryption is entirely uh, outlawed, people will still be able to make little codes of their own because encryption is, as people have said, just maths. Yeah, and you can do your own anyway. Um, but we should stop there. Uh, and I could talk about this all day. It's very interesting. But let's go around the room. Uh, the question is: WhatsApp or uh, nothing's app? Everything's fine. Um, uh, let's go around the other way, Chris. Oh. WhatsApp should we do about it? I don't know. What? That wasn't really <laughs> option. It's just, I know. What's up? So, sometimes Nothing's we create Everything's fine. One. All right, fine. Uh, Dominic. <laughs> what's up? Uh, and Cameron. What's up? That's, well, that's not how I said it, but I'll allow it. <laughs> um, and uh, after a short break, we'll come back and talk about a film. Dominic Preston, um, for our last topic of the episode, um, I'd like you to share your thoughts on a new film that you've seen. Uh, why don't you give us the hard shell? <laughs> it's been quite a pun. Yeah, dense I'm not sure I really want to now after that. Um, yeah, just put us out of our misery. Yeah, uh, Ghost in the Shell um, is out this week, starring Scarlett Johansson. Uh, it's a well, it's, it's another adaptation of a 1989 Japanese manga, which was most famously adapted in 1995 into an animated film, also called Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I mean, that's kind of regarded as one of the best uh, Japanese animated films of all time. It's hugely influential. Uh, it's basically, I think the, the Wachowskis cited it as one of the major influences on The Matrix. Uh, this big sort of cyberpunky future where everyone has various different sort of tech implants in them. And the lead character is a uh, sort of full body cyborg. So she's just basically a human mind uh inside a full robotic body and she's uh sort of fighting terrorists and specifically a sort of hacker who starts hacking into people's cybernetic implants mm. and taking control of people okay but it's um, rubbish huh? but it's rubbish <laughs> the new one is rubbish <laughs> oh. Chris, the original can't... is great no i'm saying we're supposed to talk about <laughs> it really? you yeah, can't no. just sum it up like that no i was just... gonna get to is it rubbish that's one of my later questions <laughs> sorry spoiler yeah fine well um, rubbish is maybe a bit strong it's, okay it's my reaction to it was meh it's just there meh is all right it's fine <laughs> That's not no, rubbish. It's not. It's, well, it's, it's, not great. it's got Meh. some good bits. Meh doesn't convince me to go spend money in the no, cinema exactly. and watch it. If if there was a reason to go spend money on it, it would be because it looks absolutely stunning. Yeah. And whatever else you can say about them, it looks gorgeous. And it's I'm sort of torn because I almost want to say go see it in the cinema because look at it on a big screen. It looks amazing. Yeah. But equally, it's not that great a film. So it feels like a hard thing to 
really strongly recommend mm. but equally if you wait and watch it on a plane you're getting absolutely nothing out of it mm. the only way to get anything out of it is to watch it in a cinema because so if they've got they've imagined this futuristic japanese city that's sort of huge holograms everywhere like blade runner but sort of amped up with modern technology taken yeah, to the I, next I like level. that aspect of i've only seen mm. the trailer so i can't yeah, like on it. but i i think that a real test of um the sci-fi film is a way that they incorporate and and portray sort of commercial interests yeah. and the sort of the dirtiness and the um, the selling, the adverts, yeah, yeah, you know. And they, and they are amazing. They, you're, you're absolutely right. Those, those giant sort of skyscraper-sized holograms yeah. moving around. I mean, it's basically a vision of a city where there are skyscrapers and then at the top of the skyscraper, you've got a hologram as tall as the skyscraper mm. again. And there are shots of the city where there's just, you know, dozens and dozens of these different holograms all over the place advertising different products or companies. Is, um, is all the tech, like nothing like what we use now kind of thing or because there's a film recently i can't remember what it was but i saw loads of tech journalists complaining because it's supposed to be really futuristic set really far in the future <laughs> but their phones were just like the ones we use now <laughs> yeah like... you do see that sometimes <laughs> um it's fun one. yeah the tech is very futuristic i mean what year know, is it from, how, how far in the future are we uh i don't think they actually specify i think okay. you can sort of guess it's sort of Wise. meant to be 100 ish one or 200 years right. from Fair. now um, yeah, the, the tech, it's in a slightly funny place because it comes, like I said, the source material was written in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, so at that point, actually wireless wasn't, they didn't yeah. envision the, <laughs> the future being wireless. And they've like kind of radios. kept that aspect of it. They so, haven't invented the wireless yet. Yeah, right. So it is still the case, you know, they have mm. implants, but they actually manually plug themselves into things. So there's, you know, sort of a socket in the back of your neck and you plug into it, which adds to the sort of slightly icky body horror and this I mean, it's not a body yeah. horror thing but mm. that kind of like ick of plugging a cable into the back of your neck like in existence remember that yeah right <laughs> that was the one bit of existence that was good it was a real nastiness of the technology yeah so there's that and because it, there is sort of grunginess to a lot of it well like the big city skylines look glitzy and amazing and high tech when you get down to street level everything is grungy there's a sense of getting sort of back alley tech implants done you know going to a dodgy place down a side street and getting someone who you don't really know to mm. install robot eyes for you um <laughs> things like that which is a little bit like side loading apps on an android phone yeah it? right <laughs> exactly um but yeah i mean the big the big disappointment of the film really is just that it's not that philosophical or thoughtful and i think that's what people love about the original it really is and this it's about it like, it's about identity is it like americanized yeah. cheesy mm-hmm. yes yeah see so, this, this is what i don't like about a lot of American when they Americanize something it just becomes cheesy yeah so and like a bit sickly it's much more the plot now is Scarlett Johansson is the first of her kind cyborg yeah. and you know a lot of the plot is the conspiracy about how and why she was created and why she is special and none of that was in the original it does feel that very mm-hmm. westernized sort of there's got to be something special about our lead that makes them the one and the only person who could solve this problem yeah. It's manifest destiny, isn't it? Exactly. That comes in every American film. And uh, while we're talking about westernization, we have to talk about race yep. a little bit. Um, it's been controversial, I think. That very controversial. The Caucasian woman, yeah, has taken so the lead. It's in a funny place, and uh, I mean, the controversy obviously is yeah, a Caucasian lead in a very Japanese property. Actually, the creator of the manga and anime has said he has no problem with it mm. um, because he sees it as, like I said, this is an entirely built cyborg body. Mm. so it could be of any ethnicity but it's still awkward that she's white her main partner is played by a white guy the scientist who created her is white the head of the company that created her is white 
the only um, major. So they all just happen to have chosen a uh, white person body. <laughs> well, the others are all just. Oh, they're, they're, that, they're just all, yeah, she's right. the only one who's created a body. Um, there is one prominent Asian character who's uh, Scarlett Johansson's boss, basically, uh, who's great and speaks exclusively in Japanese, even though everyone else speaks to him in English. Um, but other than that, right. Asian character, Asian actors are basically relegated to being all the extras. So you can tell it's set somewhere in Asia because mm. everyone on the streets are Asian. But it's then weird that all of the leads are white. Um, and yeah. the not the first di- time in Hollywood. No, not the first time no. at all. But it's a very prominent no. one. Um, the really awkward thing about it is they do directly address it within the plot. And I don't want to spoil it. But they really head-on address the plot reasons that they decided to cast a white actress. And people are going to hate it. Absolutely good. hate it. Good, good, good. I did hear, and I think this has been confirmed, that for a while they were experimenting with CGI that would um, yep. make her look Asian. Well, so, yeah, um, the rumour was, this was very early in production, that they were yeah. experimenting with CGI effects to make Scarlett Hunter look more Asian. They've denied it. They admitted they were looking at that kind of tech, but they were looking at it purely for background characters and extras they never looked right. at it for Scarlett Johansson they say why they felt they should invest in that kind of tech rather than just cast Asian extras which is <laughs> what they ended up doing yeah I have no idea which is the kind of thing that makes you think are they lying because why would you ever bother with that tech for extras it yeah. makes no sense yeah I mean, this reminds me of the um the adaptation of uh, Cloud Atlas which is very icky on that, on, that, <laughs> yeah. on that stuff. I've heard bad things. Yeah, I mean, I've not read the book, so I don't know how faithful it is. But yeah, they had a lot of. They wanted to keep the same actors in multiple sort of timelines, sort of thing. And in some of them, they were all Japanese, and, but they still had the same actors. <laughs> yeah. So they had to put the little, you know, like yeah. Roger Moore in um, Sean Connery. You mean in <sighs> yes, in James Bond anyway, where yep. he's uh, trying to look Asian. Anyway, uh, it sounds it's, as he said, it sounds a bit rubbish. Um, yeah, it's just a bit. It's kind of what everyone feared, which is just, it's a slightly flat yeah. remake. And it's in that awkward position where it's hard to know who to recommend it to. Because if you've seen the original before, you're just going to be disappointed. And if you haven't seen the original, go and watch that instead. It's a really good film. I went home and watched it immediately after seeing the press screening for the new one and just sat there thinking, All right. this is so much better. I'm going to go away and see that. Um, we should stop there. Um, so we we'll go around one more time with a question. And the question is, the ghost with the most or... Pew, what a bad shell. Is that, is that right? Uh, uh, Dom. I don't, I don't really want to say it, but pew, what a bad shell. This is the best thing about hosting this, is that I can make people say my puns. Uh, Cam. That first one again, please. The ghost with the most. You're saying the ghost with the most? The ghost with the most only because it, it looks visually stunning and yeah. I'm a... I'm a, a bit of a man for that. Sometimes I can just take away my, you know, the story completely and just sit down and watch something. Just <laughs> you like things that look nice. Just sometimes, yeah. Watch yeah. it in mute or something. That's yeah, it. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Uh, and Chris. Yeah, a few. What a bad shell. This is why I watch Studio Ghibli films with uh, <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> oh, you're, you're such a. Oh. What? You're so. In, oh, I watch Studio Ghibli films. <laughs> anyway, um, they are doesn't everyone? I know. I just thought you'd been. A bit. La di da. Anyway, thank you, everyone, and thank you at home for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly podcast. Feel free to uh, get in touch with us. Um, you can tweet us using the handle at UK Tech Podcast or email us on editor at idg.co.uk. And remember, you can find us on Acast, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all other 
podcast sources of that sort. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, comment, like us and tell your friends. We'll be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Bye. 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 UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.